Revival Explosion Ministries presents Faith Connection Church's podcast with Hermes Falco Jr. We always bring a message of faith and hope that will encourage your walk with God. Enjoy it. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24. Hallelujah. And I want to talk to you today about building your life on the solid rock. Amen. Building your life on the solid rock. I believe we're living in a time that we got to be sure of our convictions more than ever. Amen. I believe that God is calling our church to be stronger in the Word and the Spirit like we have never been. Amen. How many believe that is very important? To be built on the solid foundation of the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is good. Is it your husband, Melissa? Good to see you. What's her name, sir? Lawrence, it's good to have you in the house today. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So here we see that Jesus is speaking about a, a foolish man building his house on sand. Um, that is a, a metaphor, that is an illustration of someone who builds his life based on things that do not have a solid foundation and are not important. What does that mean, Pastor? It means when you're trying to build a ministry on things that are not sustainable or trying to build your life. I'm not just talking about ministry itself, but building your life. For example, you as a believer in Jesus Christ, you gotta build your life on the foundation of the Word. Whatever is here is the truth and complete truth. The Bible is the inerrant Word of God. There's no mistake in it. There's no failure in it. There's nothing uh, 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 that contradicts itself and nothing that um, is not true we see the world today is trying to bring about everything to being relative like there's no absolute truth uh, humanism has crept in in some circles and people trying to please and to make the word appealing to everybody and they forget to please God along the way amen when people try, try to please everyone on the earth, they will end up displeasing the Father. When you try to please everyone, you always end up displeasing the Father. Always. And I've seen it in many circles. And I'm not trying to be critical or anything because I am not the type of person who is looking for a mistake in everybody or, or looking for a flaw. There are people who are actually, for example, who, who sit down and hear someone preach, they're looking for something wrong so they can criticize that person. I'm not that type of person, right? I, I look for something that is good. I look for something that, is, that, that edifies. However, 
sometimes even you're not looking for something wrong uh, I've seen it where some circles trying to please so much the world trying to be so appeasing to the world that we end up displeasing God and I believe as Christians we must build our lives upon the solid rock of God's Word if you build your ministry or your life in the Word you'll never fail if, you're, if you build it on your outfit, on your style, on your fashion, or, or, or how you're eloquent, or how uh, you're youthful, or whatever, you're always going to be in a place where you will displease God. Even if, for example, with the issue of abortion, you know, um, how many have heard of the law that was passed in New York uh, recently? Okay. Now, how do we, we as Christians deal with that? I've seen where pastors will come and say, you know, you got to understand. No, there's nothing to understand about murder. <laughs> there's nothing to understand about, uh, about killing babies who are full term uh, in the mother's womb and say, oh, no, that's, you got to understand. Or, you know, listen to me right now. I believe that some people are just afraid to speak the truth because if they speak the truth, some people leave. And so we want to please those who are pro-life and those who are, you know, pro-choice. And we wanna, uh, I'm not trying to be political here, but I'm trying to be word-based. It's not about if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It's not about what party you are. It's about what does the Bible say about the matter. It's not about, oh, you know, I'm for this candidate or I'm for that candidate. We're not in elections right now. But what I'm saying is, it's not just about politics. It's about what, the, what does the Bible say about the issue. And stick with that. Don't try to dance around and say, you know what? Oh, but I believe this. Listen to me right now. If you're not standing on the word, you're going to fail. Because you may please end up pleasing everyone but I'd rather please God first and have him stand with me than have the entire world be pleased and God not pleased with me amen how many agree with that I'd rather be with God and everybody else against me because if God is with you who can be against you then to have the whole world applaud you and God's not pleased with you because at the end of the day his opinion is the one that truly matters at the end of the day when you face Jesus hallelujah when you face him it's not gonna be oh what did so-and-so think about you no amen <laughs> amen even the alarm system says amen hallelujah <laughs> At the end of the day, it is Jesus who is the judge of the living and the dead. So no matter if you please so and so, if, you're, uh, if the community or if these things, you have a great speech or whatever, all these things are irrelevant when we get face to face with Jesus. So I was meditating on this. We got to build our lives on solid rock. What does that mean? It means that in this world, in this life, we will have challenges. You can count it for sure. If there's something you can count on for sure, you'll have challenges on this life. If you have never had it, uh, you got to check your post because you, you may not be alive. So if you're alive, you have had challenges in this life. How many have had challenges on this life? Amen. Even if you're a Christian, you have... Ch actually, that's when you're going to have challenges. 
because the enemy will try to defy the word of God, he will try to attack you, try to oppose you as hard as he can. Like Jesus said, you know, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house. In other words, there'll be floods, there'll be winds, there'll be opposition, there'll be uh, things coming against you. But if you have the solid foundation, your house will not fall. The wind will, will blow, the, the rain is going to come, the opposition is going to come, the spiritual pressure is going to come. But when you're standing on solid ground, your house is not moved. It doesn't fall. It, it, it can even shake a little bit, but it doesn't fall. It stays, it stands strong because it has a solid foundation. And I believe that especially here in the Western world, there's a lot of temptation for us as ministers and preachers to try to make the Word of God more appeasing to man. Why? Because if you can please somebody, then you can have more people, you can have more money, you can have more deeds or whatever. But listen to me, if you please the Lord first, and you put Him first in everything you do, and you want to please Him, you want to do things according to what He says, you want to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you truly want to be His disciple, He's going to take care of you. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to anoint you. When, when, when I see, for example, when people who have no anointing whatsoever, you got to check first, wh where are they standing by? Are they standing on the Word? Because someone who is not built on the, on the solid rock of the Word cannot carry the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit never anoints something that is contrary to the Word of God. Never the Holy Spirit will endorse with His anointing something that contradicts or is contrary to the Word of God because He was the one who, the one who inspired it in the first place. So He'll never back up someone, somebody who is not grounded on the Word. I believe teaching is very key to the body of Christ today. True teaching of the Word. Discipleship is very key to the body of Christ. Teaching people the truth of the Word. Not just knowing the stories of the Bible, but knowing the Word of God for now. How do we deal with colleges and universities? Why do so many people, young people, fall away from the faith when they go to colleges and universities? I remember being in college here in America several times where I had to stand up for my faith and I thank God that I had a solid foundation on the Word because my faith was not even shaken for a little bit. I remember one time I was in the university in Florida, I was in South Florida and someone, um, I was doing a um, class on media and TV. I did a class on TV. Uh, I have a major, I have a bachelor's degree in communication. And so I did multimedia communication where I started writing, I started um, TV and marketing and all this stuff. So I did a, a class that was about uh, producing TV shows and I had no idea that I was gonna, I was gonna be doing that, amen. <laughs> Actually, you know, I was doing the class. I, 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 I loved it, but I didn't know that I was gonna be using that for ministry. Um, and I remember that the professor said, we gotta, we gotta pick some topics that we wanna discuss, and we gotta pick some topics that is relevant to 
to our, our society today. And um, I cannot choose from everybody because we have 30 students. I cannot choose 30 topics, but I can choose five and you can just, you know, say whatever you want to be said and then we're gonna vote for it. Okay, and then so the first one was like, you know, let's talk about porn. Let's, let's bring a porn star here. And, uh, and everybody's like, okay. Let's talk about drugs. Let's talk about partying. Let's talk about, and then they said, Hermes, what do you want to talk about? I said, let's talk about the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ today on the earth. And they're like, what? They were kind of shocked that I was, uh, because everybody was saying something like porn, prostitution. They, they wanted to bring porn stars there, they wanted to bring all these, you know, or musicians or whatever, uh, you know, to be interviewed. Let's do a program with a porn star and ask all these questions and, and that's wonderful, you know, it's like, oh. and, and And the funny thing is, out of my group, whatever the topic was going to be, I, I had to work for it no matter what. So I had to, for example, they had directors, they had uh, ground people, they have camera people, they had sound people. So you gotta be involved with whatever topic you choose. And so in my group, I, whatever they chose, I had to do that. So it's like, Lord, don't allow that in Jesus' name. Father, let them choose this. I said, let's talk about the power of the gospel today. And how Jesus can transform people from a, a terrible lifestyle and give them life. So I propose that we interview someone who had a, a, a terrible lifestyle and Jesus transformed them and let's bring these people here on the studio and interview them. How about that? And so everybody was like, oh. So the professor said, okay, let's, let's vote for it. Like who, who wants the porn actor or actress to come here? Just raise your hands. And, and there are a few hands. Who wants this and who wants that? And, and when he said, who wants the power of the gospel today? All these hands came up. All these hands came up and said, Hermes, your program was chosen. Let's do this. Come on, somebody. And, and you'd think, listen, you'd think that, oh, you know, people don't want to hear about Jesus because, you know, the, the, everybody knows about church and the devil is a liar. He wants you to believe that people don't want to hear about Jesus because he does not want the message to come to the people. He does not want the gospel to come forth. He does not want the word of God to be preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He's very afraid of you. He's very afraid that you get truly bold and you go into the world, into all the world, into the media uh, communication into the business world, into the highways and byways, into the universities, colleges and high schools and declare Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. He still saves. He still heals. He still delivers. He's very afraid of that. So people chose that. And then I brought in a former prostitute that had been saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost and delivered and was living for Jesus. I brought a, a drug, former drug dealer that I was, uh, uh, you know, making money and, and being out there with drugs and he was a drug dealer, terrible. He got totally saved, delivered. I brought him to be interviewed. Now the thing is, I was the director in that um, 
in that show, so I could not do the interview myself. But I, I, I had a friend of mine who was also in college at that time, and he was a, a worship leader. So I was like, hey man, I got this opportunity for you. You need to come. He was not from my class. I said, you need to come to this. He's like, what is going on? We're going to preach the gospel to the whole, you know, the whole university because this show is going to be broadcast to the university. And he's like, really? It's like, how did you do that? I was like, I just, I just gave the, the, the topic out and they, they voted for that. Now, how many of you would think that, no, they would never choose for that, but they chose that. And so, I believe that they were curious because what I mentioned to them was spark their curiosity. I said, let's bring a former prostitute, let's bring a, a former drug dealer, and let's see how they changed their lifestyle and Jesus changed them, and they're very intrigued by that. And so I invited my friend, my friend was there, and so I was directing everything, and then there had to be some commercials. You know, you know what I did? I got some clips of crusades from all over the world with miracles in it. And I, and, and I said, let's go for a break right now. And then, and then they were seeing miracles of the blind people seeing and the cripples walking, and then thousands of people being touched by the Lord, and they're like, wow, that's different. I had never seen that before. Now the thing is, it was a TV show, I couldn't do an altar call there, you know, that would be too much, that would be like a church service. However, the seed of the gospel so planted that everybody that was watching that was, was in awe. In the university. And then the program came out good and they decided to stick with, uh, keep the program in the library of the school. And then it, they made it available for people who wanted to watch. Now, why am I sharing that? Because we need to build on the solid rock and understand that our faith is relevant to the world today. The devil wants to make you believe, oh, you know, don't even talk about Jesus to that person at work because they will not listen to you. Don't tell about Jesus to the person in the grocery store. They'll just think you're a fanatic. They'll think you're crazy. They're not going to believe you. Now, listen to me. How did you get saved? Most of you is because someone had the guts to share about Jesus to you and said, you know, Jesus loves you. He cares for you. He has a plan for your life. Then you're like, oh, wait a minute. I believe that. And then here you are. You are at church today. You are saved today. Because someone spoke about Jesus to you, had the guts and the boldness to share about Jesus to you. Now, why do you believe whatever the devil is telling that you cannot share about Jesus to the other person next to you? Why do you believe they will not listen to you? The devil is such a liar and he wants to block the gospel from coming forth. But I'm declaring today in Jesus' name that you're going to build your life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And you're going to share the gospel in all spheres of influence that you have. You're going to share the gospel to your neighborhood. You're going to share the gospel to your family. You're going to share the gospel to your employees at work. You're going to share the gospel with whoever you come into contact with. Because the devil does not want that to happen. But if you build your life on the solid rock, you have what to share because the power of God is going to back you up. Some people tell me, but pastor, I, I, I don't know. I'm not eloquent. I don't know how to speak like that. I don't know how to have the right saying or the right words. Just trust the gospel. The Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. If you think you're not qualified, just believe the gospel is qualified. The gospel is powerful. The gospel is the power of God. 
If, if God can use a donkey, he can use you. Amen. He can use me. If God could use a donkey in the Old Testament, he can definitely use your life. Because you're a child of God and you're full of the Holy Spirit. That donkey was not. Amen. The donkey was not. The Holy Spirit did not live in that donkey, but he lives in you. So if the Holy Spirit lives in you, he can use your life. Amen. So I, I believe that the church needs to... When I mean the church, I'm not just saying faith connection. I believe that the church, as the body of Christ, we need to get stronger in our foundations about what we truly believe. And there are some things in Scripture that we can say, oh, you know what, um, if this works for you, okay, if not. But there are some things that are absolute truths. And when it comes to absolute truth, there cannot be a change in that. For example, I cannot say, uh, I believe in the Holy Spirit today, I believe in the gift of the Spirit today, and tomorrow, I, I'm not really sure about that. You know what I mean? Uh, I gotta stand for what I believe, and it has to be the same today as it will be till the day I die. Does that make sense? You cannot have one belief today and tomorrow, especially when it comes to absolute truths and, and, and must for the gospel. There are some doctrines in the Bible uh, uh, that are very strong and, and we must believe in them because otherwise we'll contradict the word. You cannot be a true Christian and not believe in heaven and hell. I remember me and my dad did a program. It was called Heaven and Hell. What do you believe? And we went to the streets of Richmond right here in, our, in, in Shore Pump. We went to Shore Pump and we had the camera, it had the microphone and we, we got some people, we interviewed some people and said, you know, I have a question for you. And they said, can I say whatever I think? I said, sure. That's what I want you to say. I don't want you to say what I think. I want you to say what you think. But can I say cuss words in there? It's like, no, please don't. But just like, say whatever you believe. I, I don't want to, you know, if you... You, you, you don't need to say cuss word. Just say whatever you believe. And then I'll, I'll, I'll go from that. But just say whatever you truly believe. And I asked the question, do you believe in heaven and hell? You're going to be shocked. We interviewed 15 people in short pump. 15. Out of the 15, only two people said the biblical version of what heaven and hell is. Isn't that serious? Out of 15 random people, and we chose purposefully people from different demographics and ages because we wanted to say, you know what, let's go for, for an, uh, an elderly. Okay. Let's go for a college person. Okay. Let's go for um, a, a teenager. Let's go for a mom or a couple. So we did, on purpose, we chose different demographics so that, you know, we could really have an idea. So one lady said, I believe heaven and, heaven and hell is what you make it here. And I said, do you believe in heaven and hell? And then one, one lady, she was from a church, which I won't mention any names because that's not the point, but she was from a church and said, I'm a Christian. I said, okay, great. I said, do you believe in heaven and hell? She said, I believe in heaven, but I don't believe hell exists. And I was like, there's something wrong with that picture. Because Jesus talks about it. <laughs> How can you be a, a disciple of Jesus Christ and do not believe what he teaches? So clearly in the, in the Gospels, in the book of Revelation, so clear. Something is wrong. 
then I went to another one and said, you know, I believe in heaven and, and but I believe hell is like very temporary. It's just like you're just there for a little bit and then you have the, the opportunity to um, come out quickly and go to heaven if you like pay your penalty like a purgatory or whatever. And so there were several answers and there were, there were people who said to me, I don't believe neither in heaven nor in hell. I believe you live here once and you die and you disappear. And then one lady said, I believe in heaven and I believe in hell and I'm going to heaven because Jesus lives in my heart. It's like, that's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but then I was sad because of the others. And then, you know, I, I told them, I, I can pray for you. And, but they were very um, firm in saying, like, you, you can never know. That's what they said. You can never know. So the Bible says, no, but I, I don't know if I believe the Bible. Now, the, the thing is, you, you say, but Hermes, this is so, this is so basic. This is so um, obvious that I, I would think that every Christian would know that. No. Sometimes we think everybody knows what is obvious to us. Just because it is obvious to you does not mean that it is obvious to everybody else. And the problem sometimes with the church is that we think that people already know that and therefore we don't teach it. You know, I love, for example, I love signs, wonders, miracles. We see it many times and we, I, I love that and I'm all for it. But I've seen some circles where they care so much about it that they forget to teach the, the basic elements of salvation and people are perishing and not hearing that Jesus wants to save them. Because we think they already know it. No, they don't. They don't. That's why almost every service that I do, I make an altar call for salvation because I don't know everybody there. I don't know that everybody's saved. How they are in church, okay, but that does not mean anything sometimes. They are, they are members of a church. Okay, so what? The Pharisees were members of the synagogue and that didn't make that them saved. <laughs> Isn't that right? Oh, but the church is full of people. But listen to me. Sometimes the church is full of people like, like, like full of dead people inside and they need the gospel. Right? And I'm, and I'm not, I mean, Listen, I believe there are small churches who are anointed. I believe there are big churches who are full of the anointing and full of the people who are full of the Holy Spirit. But we got to understand also there are people sometimes, there are churches sometimes who are full of people, but they are full of people who are not even born again. We got to, I went to a church in Europe. I'm not going to say the names, but I went to a church in a denomination in Europe. And I really felt strongly about an altar call for salvation. I mean, I always do altar call for salvation when I travel. But for that particular occasion, the Lord was truly highlighting to me like, hey, that is really important that you make this right now. It's really a big deal that you make, make time for the altar call for salvation. Explain the gospel. Talk about me. Exp the, the Lord was highlighting that to me so strongly. And I went there and I proclaimed the gospel. I proclaimed salvation from sin, salvation from hell. And I, I, I was straightforward about the death of Jesus on the cross, the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, that you must know that you're forgiven, that there's only one way to salvation is Jesus Christ. And I made the altar call as clear as, as it could be, even a child could understand. When I made the altar call, 95% of the church came forward to receive Jesus Christ. 
Now you think like, come on, what, what are you doing? Um, for that particular group, they believe that once you're baptized as a baby, then you're saved. So they believe, that denomination believe that, okay, your, your parents are Christian, so they baptize you as a baby, that's it, that's it you're, you're saved. That's how they believe. They didn't understand about repentance, forgiveness of sins, confessing Jesus Christ, forsaking sin, turning to the Lord, and coming to receive the Holy Spirit. They didn't know that. And, and everybody was like crying, they came forward to receive Christ. And I, and I thought to myself, if we're not as clear as it could be, and if we don't have the strong foundation of the word, we'll not get the job done. Because we think people know it. Oh, they know it. No, they don't. We must talk about repentance. We must talk about water baptism. We must talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We must talk about speaking in tongues. We must talk about the gifts of the Spirit. We must talk about the, the, the foundations of our faith. Otherwise, people come to church and they'll be members of the church even. But they'll spend eternity without God. Listen, coming to church does not necessarily make you a Christian. Coming to church does not necessarily... Now, I'm not saying don't come to the church. It's very important that you come to church. Don't get me wrong. Very important that you get fed on the Word. Very important that you fellowship. The Bible itself says about this. Don't forget the gathering of yourselves together. The assembly of yourselves together. It's, it's biblical. But that alone does not make you a Christian. It is a true conversion of your heart with the Lord. And say, Lord, I want to come to you in repentance. I want to leave my life of sin. And I want to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And I receive the gift of salvation that is in Jesus Christ. So you'd think that, okay, everybody believes that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. Let me tell you something. There are pastors who don't believe that. I saw a research in the Barna group uh, many years ago about... Uh, um, how many know the Bonner Research Group? How many have ever heard of that? Bonner Research Group. It's a, it's a very uh, respected uh, group here in America who does research about uh, church and faith. So they did a research about the basics of the faith with denominations and pastors. And you'd be shocked. I put that on my book. Um, more than 50% of the pastors they interviewed did not believe that Jesus was born out of a virgin. Now, why is that serious? Because if you don't believe that, you, you, you forget the whole gospel. Most of, many of them did not believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. Now you say, but why is that important? Because if you put yourself under that, what kind of spirit are you putting yourself under? Hallelujah. Serious. Now, how can the Holy Spirit anoint that very thing, that, that, that church or that path? How can, how can that be? There, there's no way. Why? Because they're denying the very gospel. They're denying the gospel. 
So uh, one thing that I'm very passionate about is, is, is preaching a pure word that comes straight from the gospel, straight from the Bible, straight into people's hearts. There's no filter to accommodate. There's no filter to please anybody. There's no filter that, that, that uh, no, tries to, um, there's no strings attached really, except this, the strings of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And there's a, <laughs> it's like a, 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 a well of living water flowing with nothing preventing it because that's how you get results that's how, that's how you get people delivered saved healed because you preach the pure authentic genuine gospel and that's why people receive it come on somebody hallelujah so uh, if you don't build your life in in absolutes what do you mean by that, Hermes? Let me give an example. I'm almost done. Let me give an example. How many know the law of gravity? If, if I drop this Bible right here, it's going to fall on the floor, right? What it, what it <laughs> stays on the earth, that's supernatural, right? But, but it, naturally, it's going to fall on the floor, fall on the ground. If I drop this remote control, I'm not going to drop it because I don't, don't want to break it. But if I drop it, what's going to happen? It's going to fall. Why? Because something called gravity. There's a pulling force. Now, if you get people from different demographics, different ages, different people groups, different religions even, if you get a, a Muslim um, man, a Christian man, a Hindu man, and then you got a, a, a white person, a black person, Hispanic person, put everybody in the building, have them, everybody jump out of the building. Amen. That's a crazy example, but uh, you'll know what I'm trying to get. But let them jump out of that building. Is everybody going to fall? Yes or no? Yes. Why? Because there's something called the law of gravity. It's going to pull them, right? Now, this is true for everybody, regardless if they believe it or not. Are you, are you understanding what I'm trying to get? Because we live in a society that's trying to make everything relative according to what you believe. Now, I believe that, therefore, the, the, it is how I believe. No! It is what the Bible says. It is what God says, no matter if you believe or not. Yes. I don't believe in gravity. So what? You're going to jump out of the building? If you jump out of the building, gravity is going to make itself real to you. <laughs> really? For real? If you jump out of the bed, I don't believe in gravity. Okay, experience. Go, go, go to um, uh, to a tall building in downtown Richmond and jump from there. Okay, I don't believe in gravity. You will believe after you jump from there. You will believe. Some people, I don't believe in the Bible. It's okay. You will believe one day. Now, now my prayer is that you believe before. <laughs> my prayer is that you believe in Jesus before. Because one day you will believe, because the Bible says, Every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. And that's the truth, regardless of if people believe it or not. Our job is to tell them right now, so they can believe right now and be saved right now. Amen. So what am I, why am I speaking that? Because we as a church must build our lives on the solid rock of God's foundation. Why? There are some things in the Bible that are absolutes for everybody. 
for Muslims, for Hindus, for Christians, for white, for blacks, for Brazilians, for Americans, for, for Europeans, for Asians. The truth of God's word is true for everyone. I don't believe that way. Okay, but it's still true. We live in a society that sometimes is very afraid to speak the truth because we don't want to displease anybody. I'm not saying that we should be mean towards everybody and judgmental. That's, that's another problem. But what I'm saying is don't let your beliefs be based on what people think. Because if you're doing that, then you're going to be changing every year. Because there, even in the Christian world, there are a lot of fads. Does that make sense? One day is this movement, and this day is this, this, this doctrine, and the, and the next day another doctrine, and the next day is another trend, and then there's another... And okay, listen, stick with the Bible. Believe the Word of God is the, the truth. Believe the Spirit of the Lord. Believe the anointing. Believe the Holy Ghost. Believe in the same principles of the Word. And abide by that and see that God Himself will back you up with signs, wonders, miracles, provision. He'll supply for you. He'll promote you. He'll open doors for you. He'll spread your work. He'll allow your words to be attested by His signs. Hallelujah. Because God has no obligation to attest to something that is not His Word. No obligation whatsoever. Now, when you preach His Word as it should be, you can expect the Holy Ghost to stamp it. That's, that's why I'm very careful that I want to I wanna keep the Word of God pure. Amen? If some people are displeased, God bless them. But keep the Word of God pure. Don't try to change it to accommodate for other people. Amen. I, I, I was um, very upset. I was watching a video on the internet about uh, what happened in New York. And I, I was seeing different responses from ministers. And some ministers were very strongly opposing that, of course, and saying, you know, as a church, we should pray. Uh, it's not about hating people, it's about believing for righteousness and justice in the land. Amen? And what is the Word of God? Is, is the Word of God, period. Oh no, we must, I, and I saw some people, we must understand, you know, no! Oh, we must understand just because if someone believes killing a baby like that, you know, it doesn't mean they're not Christians, it means that they love Jesus but they don't understand. And I was like, really? Seriously, give me a break. Uh, I, I think we must come to terms and say, you know what? I got to stand with the Word of God, believe in the Word of God, and have some things that are absolute truths of the Word and they don't change. They don't, God's view on marriage, for example, does not change regardless of, of what society tries to make. It does not change. Adultery, for example, is wrong. It's a sin, period. Oh, but we're living in the 21st century. So what? Oh, we're living in the 20th It's modern, 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 modern. God's word is, is, a, is an ancient truth that is still valid in the modern world. It doesn't change. Amen? 
Oh, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta change your mind. You gotta open your mind. No, I'm not opening my mind to junk. I'm not opening my mind to things that displease the Holy Spirit. I've made up my mind as a matter of fact. I'm gonna follow Jesus. I'm gonna preach the truth. I'm gonna preach on the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna believe the power of God. I'm gonna preach the word of God as it is. And those who hear and believe will receive the benefits from that word. You got to stand for the truth and say, I got to build my house on the solid rock because I know the winds are going to blow, the storm is going to come, the rain is going to come, but I'm not going to fall because I got the foundation correct. When you build a building, you begin to build the building through the foundation. You don't start from the top. Some people want to get to the top, but they don't have the proper foundation. You don't begin to build a, 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 a skyscraper from the top. It doesn't work that way. You begin to build it from the very foundation. You make sure that that foundation is super strong and solid before you begin to build the rest. Otherwise, it will collapse quickly. Your life, you got to make sure your foundations are straight. Your foundations are right with the Word and the Spirit. You got the right foundation. You got the right belief system. You got the right Word. You, you are feeding yourself. You are feeding your spirit. You are feeding that foundation from the Word of faith, from the Word of God. And you got the right foundation. All the rest can be built from that. It's not going to collapse. Come on, somebody. Whew. Hallelujah. Jesus said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. What is a house on the sand? It's some person who, you know, I, I believe in Jesus. But the very first offense, the very first disappointment, they just like turn their backs and leave. Oh, I'm offended with someone at church. You know, someone offended me that I'm not following the Lord anymore. So you're not believing the Lord, you're believing people. When people tell me, oh, I, I was, if I were to be leaving the Lord because of scandals that I've seen in my life or offense, I would not be following the Lord a long time ago. Because I was a child, I was already knew, I already knew bad stuff would happen in church because being a pastor's son, you, you know that from the beginning. But these things that never, never messed up with my faith because I had faith in the Lord. First and foremost, and I knew that people are people, they mess up. People are gonna make mistakes. Scandals, there will be scandals. There were scandals, there are scandals, and there will be scandals in the future. But these very things should not even move our faith a little bit because our faith is oh, on the solid rock of Jesus Christ in the Word of God. Oh, this pastor fell. Okay, pray for him. Don't fall along with him. I'm not saying kill the pastor. Just pray for the pastor. Oh, this pastor fell into adultery. I'm, I'm not going to church anymore. No! Pray for him, but don't fall along with him. Don't base your faith on people. Base your faith on the word of God. It never fails. If you base your faith on me, you may be disappointed at some point. God forbid. But listen, if you build on the word of God, you'll never be disappointed because it never fails. That word never fails. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're watching that, you may want to share this word because it's going to bless somebody. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Share. I want to encourage those who are listening to the podcast to share this podcast with your friends. People need to understand that there are absolute truths that we need to stand by today. God's view on salvation did not change. Oh, you know, but there's some other way. If people just live good lives, they can be saved regardless if they believe Jesus or not. What? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, Jesus Christ said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. He himself said that. If there was another way, he said, I am one of the ways, follow me. If not, it's okay. But he didn't say that. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other name given to men by which we must be saved but the name of Jesus Christ. So there are issues in the world. That, that, for example, we must stand to the belief that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. But Hermes, this is so basic. No, it's basic for you. But for some churches out there, it's not basic because they don't believe that. Amen? You must believe that the Bible is the inerrant Word of God. Oh, but it's basic. It's basic for you. But I'm telling you, if you ever go to a, a, a place and, you, and, you, and, and the preacher does not believe the Bible is the full Word of God, just, just run from there. Don't even listen to anything he has to say. Amen? How can he speak like that? Because he's got no foundation. I'm almost done. For real now. <laughs> when, when a preacher says that he's almost done gotta give him a break or 10 minutes then. amen <laughs> amen praise the lord but I'm, i want to pray for people as well i want to pray for you that the lord will establish your foundations properly because when your foundations are not right you're in a place where you can get swayed real easily and that's why that's what i don't want to happen to you as a pastor because i Listen, we as, as the church here, our family, me, my wife, my parents, we, care, we genuinely care for people. If people come here, we, we want to see them strong in their faith. We're not judging anybody, we're not, you know, uh, attacking, no, actually we want them to be strong in their faith. We want them to succeed in their faith. We want them to be flourishing in their Christian walk. And one of the ways that you can see that is building on the Word of God. Having them to, to understand what the Bible says. Because sometimes people say, oh, I can read the Bible at home. No, you never do. I can pray at home. No, you don't. If you don't come to church, you don't pray at home. Don't tell me. I mean, people who don't come to church ever, they don't pray at home. Seriously. Most of the time, they're just baloney. They're just like, oh, I'll pray at home. No, you don't. How many know I'm speaking the truth? I just worship God at home. No, you don't. I'll read the Bible at home. No, you don't. And sometimes you, you, you read and you don't understand what you're reading. <laughs> so, so that's why the Bible established pastors and teachers of the Word to explain uh, truly what the Bible says. And so we genuinely care for people to be, have the proper foundation that is in the Word. If there's no teaching, there's no foundation. Amen. The teaching of salvation repentance the baptism of water and with the holy ghost are extremely important for a believer 
extremely important for our church. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Just lift your hands to heaven. I want to pray for the touch of the Holy Ghost to come upon your life. I want to pray that the, the Holy Spirit will breathe on you today in the name of Jesus. That every, every, um, every attack of the enemy against your life will be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that the Lord will build the proper foundation of the Word in your spirit. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to share with your friends. The Ministry of World Evangelism in the Nations and Building of the Local Church is made possible by generous contributions of friends and partners. We highly encourage you to give a love offering or partner with us monthly at www.revivalexplosion.com. Please send us your prayer request to office at revivalexplosion.com. Stay tuned for upcoming podcasts. God bless you.